The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the producers, the affiliates, or digital platforms hosting this podcast. All content is for the purposes of education, conjecture, and at times entertainment. We promote inclusiveness and diversity. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Into the Deep with Jay Costa. Welcome to Into the Deep. I'm Jay Costa. I am excited about today's guest. He's a recording artist, a producer, an animator, and sometimes actor. Today's guest is the one and only Donnie Arcade. We talk about so much in this episode. I personally can align with Donnie in so many ways, like the vibration he puts into his music to reach people who may be in the darkness and bring them to the light. We talk about technology and what it's done for music as well as music production and animation. We get into the possible future of the music industry, his newest album, and what it was like being on the set of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So join me as we seek light and journey into the deep with Donnie Arcade. Enjoy. Donnie, thank you so much for doing this. If you wouldn't mind sharing with our viewers and our listeners who you are and what it is you do, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, my name is Donnie Arcade. You know, I'm a music artist, rapper, producer, animator, sometimes actor, you know, and um a lot more. <laughs> From Cleveland, Ohio, man. Born and raised Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I've been here in Georgia, I want to say a little over 10 years. So I've been down here doing my thing. And um, but for the most part, you know, it's putting out a good vibe, putting out a good um vibe of energy, especially when it comes to the music. Um, that's my number one thing is um, you know, just united, um, you know, like like minds and um and and even unlike minds you know it's not just about like minds it's about getting everyone you know and that's really what, what my movement is is sometimes people just you know they just want to speak only to the conscious people but my whole thing is well i want to speak to the unconscious as well and go into those dark places and bring people into the light so that's that's who i am hmm. and i love what you do and i love the fact that you do that because i can align with that assuredly thank you, know. you. So I appreciate you and your energy and just what you're doing for, for others and uh, just that sharing of, of light into the world. Hey, appreciate that, man. Appreciate that, man. And uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, man. You know, what, what got you into this? Same reasons, you know, wanting to just spread awareness and love and light and even to unlike-minded individuals, right? I just, I think I just saw that there was a need for more love and more understanding and just more light, you know, in, in the world. And, you know, I can very easily, you know, I've been there, I've had dark thoughts. I've, I've, you know, maybe thought negatively at some point in time about just life, you know, the woe is me mentality, you know, I'm guilty of it. It's happened in the past. And, you know, yeah. my, my parents would always just, you know, try and instill in my brother and I just, you know, positive thinking and positive affirmations and just helping others and loving others. So that's always stayed with me. And um, I felt that's like, cool. Felt like this is a, it's a way to do it. I'm also a musician, you know, and I've, I've, you know, toured and, you know, met so many people around the world and just 
you know, haven't been able to tour with, with COVID and the pandemic. So this is another way for me, you know, to be able to touch people and share and have conversations and have people share their stories. Yeah, man, this is a magical time we in, especially with this technology. We used to dream about this kind of technology. Uh, we see it on Star Trek. Now now we, we're so used to it. <laughs> right. And we, we could just do it at ease, man. But um, but yeah, man, what, you know, I know we're going to get into other stuff, but um, you say you make music. So um, what you do, man? Yeah, so uh, I, I play in a, in a metal band, but the music is very aggressive, but the lyrics are very conscious, very, you uh, know, very, uh, you know, I dabble into like, you know, from esoteric to, you know, all kinds of different things and just spreading awareness and uh, consciousness and love and, and compassion and empathy. So, um, you know, I felt like with the power of that, that heaviness, just that drove it. I grew up on a lot of bands where I was inspired, you know, and by a lot of artists uh, that just had positive lyrics. And I wanted to do that, but with like heavy, aggressive music, because I always felt like, well, we need to rattle some cages here and, you know, open yeah. some hearts and minds and check this out. You know, that was yeah. the, the whole uh, inspiration behind that. No, that's a good thing, man. I was just talking about that yesterday with a fellow artist of mine named Cruz. We was just talking about, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good way to give them, you know, give them something that's going to shake them up a little bit. So sometimes that's, we can do that in the music. We can go, we don't have to, you know, we can use good words, but then use sometimes the darker music to wake them up, you know, because, um, you know, it's all duality at the end of the day. 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> what, now what got you on this trajectory? You know, what, what got you into music or even conscious minded lyrics and, yeah, yeah, it was it was a gradual process, man. You know, it was never a conscious decision to be conscious. You know, you know, <laughs> you know. I think I think sometimes you know we got to get to the point where it's like you know we're we're human and um and we get there in a human way and not a, a cliche way or you know just I just want to be down with the crew way you know but um uh, but yeah um, it was always bits of consciousness. I, it was many people throughout my life that got me into different things, you know, um, but early on, um, my family is more, um, Christian based, you know, so I, I saw all the worlds. It's like, I went through all the schools of thought, you know, they get me and it got me to this place and, and it makes me appreciate all the worlds because those are the, the gateways to at least get your mind in the right place. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was always, um, bits of consciousness. Um, when I met Billy Carson, um, my music was semi-conscious, you know, I still wanted to <laughs> be this. I wanted to be that because naturally those things were me and where I come from. And, uh, and sometimes you have to break away from what you, you know, what you, what you grew up with and the kind of things that you went through. But for the most part, um, when I got with Billy Carson, um, it was, it was kind of like a fork in the road because, um, my music wasn't all the way conscious. And, um, he, he talked to me, he said, Hey man, you really want to get your message out there a little more. You might want to think about making a full album of consciousness. So really at that point, um, I'm just glad I didn't let my ego get in the way because mm -hmm. I looked at it as a challenge and say, all right, well, hey, let's try it out. You know, let's try it out. Why, you know, why not try it out? And, um, and then I, I went to put together a whole album because usually my albums would be kind of all over the place, but I might have two songs of light, you mm -hmm. know, and I, so, and I used to, I like to use the word light opposed to consciousness, you know, cause it's, 
it's a, it's a bit of light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But throughout that process, um, I woke myself up just accepting the challenge. And, and then you get into a beautiful community of like minds, beautiful people. At that point, there's no way you can go back. And, um, you know, once you once you know what you know, there's no way to go back. There's no way to. You <laughs> so ain't no way, you know, I can go back. So I love this word. I'm actually authentically into it. Um, all the things I, I speak about and I, and I write about and record about are things I'm really into. Um, things that really interest me. Um, you know, I'm more of a recluse. So yeah, a lot of times I spend most of my time um, looking for inspiration, mm-hmm. uh, looking at the most esoteric things and topics and discussions and um, videos. So I spend a lot of my time, you know, as a researcher and I, and that's where I get my most comfort. And that's where I'm at home at is just being a natural researcher and being curious and being childlike. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I can absolutely align with that. I, I feel the same way. I can totally just hang out with some books or maybe do some stuff on the internet and take myself down some rabbit holes and look for, <laughs> for more information leads me to some other books and it's just the best. Yeah. <laughs> that's home. You, you, it is. You know how it is, man. That's home. It's like, Hey man, I, that's the perfect Friday, Saturday night for me. Yep. <laughs> Was there ever, did you like early on with like music, obviously you must've had some early inspirations and you were like, gosh, I really like, I like what they're doing. And I can like, I want to do something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I was like growing up in the eighties. I, I always call myself an MTV baby. You know, I, I was sitting in front of the um, MTV screen. And I, if you, if you, uh, if you remember the old school MTV, you see the M changing to all these different yep. shapes and colors. So I, I would watch all these 80s music videos. And, you know, to me, they were just like, uh, it was like Marvel Universe. I, all of them were different characters with different powers and abilities, you know. So I was really inspired by the 80s. A lot of my um, inspiration come from the 80s and different things. And groups like um, Parliament, Sunrise. Yeah. You know, when you get on raw, oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> those are my real inspirations. So those things um always wanted me to um, you know, I wanted to recreate the theatrics and things like that. So even in the future, when I do my shows, I I, I picture mixing um my show with with plays and you know, something that could really can go on Broadway where you got actors and I picture even animals and all kind of stuff on stage and tours. Because I saw that kind of stuff with George Clinton in the parliament, you know, that was before my time. But, I, you know, as a kid coming up, I used to see Atomic Dog and it put me down a rabbit hole to go look at older stuff. And so all those cool bands and um, trends and stuff from the 80s really got me into music. Um, yeah, early. And I was writing early. I was actually um, I was actually performing second third grade some of my friends would tell you i was the first concert they ever seen (laughs) any talent show any kind of opportunity to pass a class and say a rap or say a poem you know that that was me Hmm. that's awesome did you uh did you ever feel like that maybe when you were in school did you feel like maybe you were focused a lot more on the music than you were in school like it just consumed you like i i know it did me when i was in school (laughs) 
Absolutely, absolutely. I skipped many classes to go be in the lunchroom. <laughs> to go be in the lunchroom, and that that was my thing. Um, go go be at the lunchroom and battle each other, rap and do all that. So I missed many classes being a, being in the lunchroom and throughout throughout school. I was always intrigued. Um, I was into it early, so my my older brother and my uncle they were break dancing and stuff. So we actually, yeah, we actually had a they had a break dancing group. And I and I would be like the baby that'd go out there and spin on my head and, and do all this crazy stuff. So I was like the the little mascot, you know, to say. <laughs> Dude, oh my gosh, I I can relate so much. My brother and I, we'd watch Break and Break and Two, Beach oh. Street, all of it, and we're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Ah, yeah, Beach Street, the king of the beat. <laughs> crush groove, Electric yeah, crush groove all day. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, yes. Oh, it, it's, it is, and it's crazy, like in a good way. Like just, just I don't know. There was so much. I mean, we're biased. I mean, I grew up in the '80s as well, too. So it's okay. the the beauty of the '80s. That's just it's unforgettable, and I almost felt like it was just like these glory years of just like music and art and movies and. So inspirational. Yeah, I mean, all the way around, I, I really feel like the 80s were the future. Um, if you want to see the future, you can go to the 80s because they were ahead of their time, even if you listen to the pop. I mean, if you look at the, the script writing for the movies, it was we're, we're still going off that template. You know, whatever um, portal those souls came through, maybe they were star seeds, um, flower children, you know, from the 70s. A lot of those vibes, they were so original. You know, even... Um, you know, and I'm me, you know, me and my wife, we're, we're heavy into the B horror movies and B movies. But the but when I look at them, I have a whole nother appreciation for them because even the actors who could act, it, it looked good back then. You know, like now you can kind of tell if it's a B movie, it looked like a B movie. Those B movies, you know, just classic, super classic. And, they, you know, I always feel like the 80s was the future. They were trying to imitate the future. Now we're kind of like, trying to imitate them, you know, going off the template, but that, that was the future. <laughs> what a great point. You know, that's so fascinating. You're right. Now it seems like everyone wants to be retro. Everyone wants to be that. And you brought up a great point, you know, how these souls may have come into existence. Were they yeah. here to bring a different kind of energy and elevate people to a different level? Yeah, Absolutely. And do you feel like there've been some artists maybe that, I mean, have come along and like, just, I mean, we're talking, there's icons out there and legends out there. And they just, for me, it's just, some artists don't seem like they are even human. Who are some of those artists for you? Well, I, it's, it's many, 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 you know, so even, you know, I know I love the eighties, but we still have to show appreciation for everyone to come after because there are some very talented people. If, if you know, if you want to talk hip hop, um, hip hop has a lot of um, celebrated artists, but then there's many um, artists that's, that's not so celebrated that has magnificent frequency powers and abilities. And they're like superheroes. If you look at somebody like a Buster Rhymes or or a twister, and, um, and we kind of take those things for granted right now, but one day, you know, they won't be here, and we'll kind of 
I have to go back and study them and be like, wow, look at the breath power. Look at the ability, <laughs> the sheer ability to rap and do things like that. And uh, and even, you know, some R&B artists. And, um, you know, I love rock and roll as well. I'm very into rock and, uh, you know, very um, 80s rock, early um, 2000s rock. And, you know, even some 90s rock as well. But, um, but yeah, I want to say... Um, I mean, you talk about Busta Rhymes, Eminem, Twister, Kanye West. Um, I mean, it, it's many of them that I can really truly appreciate from this era. Because even even back then, sometimes um, we want to talk about the grapes, but um, and they were great, but um, it was still in this primitive stage, and you know, so now we have more advanced knowledge and um, technology, and and um. You have to appreciate even the people that make the equipment. I think that that goes without saying, because like sometimes we don't even appreciate the, you know, we got who, the people that make the MPC, that make the, the synthesizers. Mm-hmm. You know, I think those heroes need to be celebrated as well. And those are like the real scientists as well behind the sounds and frequencies that gave us the abilities. You know, even the people that make Pro Tools and all this kind of stuff. Um yeah, you know, I, I think we're all kind of like, you know, playing bits and pieces of the, of the same orchestra. Hmm. I like that a lot, man. <laughs> and hats off to the folks that, you know, are creating these tools to be used. Yeah. And some for, I mean, some would even feel like maybe even for divine purposes, uh, just for creation. Yeah. You know, why are we as humans, there's at least a, a good chunk of us, we're so drawn to wanting to create and you're a creative individual i can you know based on a lot of the things that you've done what do you think drives that creative spark within you i think it's uh i don't know it, it could be some it's definitely uh i wouldn't call it selfish but sometimes you gotta you know sometimes I, I hate definitions because I think definitions, you know, give us a the wrong version of what that is, you know, because sometimes that's the power that that's going to get the spaceship out of orbit. So sometimes it's like a I remember hearing um, Isaac Hayes say it one time because he wasn't originally supposed to be a music artist. He was like helping other artists and engineering. And when he did that first album and the way he said it, he said, I selfishly did this album. <laughs> so, yeah. So that to me, sometimes it's OK to be a little selfish and, and love yourself. And, um, and I think it's important. I think sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves to to not love ourselves. You know, so I think that's a driving force behind creation because it's um, it's, a, it's an expression. And it's just like if you look at um, even that expression is probably a, a piece of the fabric of nature. We look at it like um, it's something that we want to do, but we've been programmed to do that. It's just like um, plants giving off oxygen. You know, they might think they're rock and rolling. They probably don't even know they're, you know, feeding the whole civilization. And, and in their mind, they just expressing themselves because they they want to they want to be heard or they want this idea that keep hunting their mind to be uh, produced and manufactured into the real life and into the 3D world. So I think um, it's a little bit of um, selfishness and beautifulness at the same time that creates the creation. Mm, I love that. 
you know, everything trying to maybe, maybe try and find that harmony within and without, you know? Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Wow. So what have you been working on recently? Yeah, recently, um, lately I've been doing a lot of animation because that gives me, um, it's it's another form of that expression. It's like these things I want to see, you know, and I got into these things because I wanted other people to do them. And uh, so even with animation, I, I was looking for animators six, seven, eight years ago, and everyone would tell me five to ten thousand dollars. So <laughs> mm-hmm. so, um, so selfishly I went and learned it because I wanted to do it myself. <laughs> so yeah, lately a lot of um animation. I'm working on a few ideas on little TV shows. Um I might have something coming up on the Dope Swim. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I just did some animation for um Billy Carson, a.k.a. Forbidden Knowledge, um, new movie, Black Knight Satellite. Um, check it out, ForbiddenKnowledgeTV.com. Just came out yesterday. We just had the premiere for it. So, you know, I have a little five-minute um, animation music video within that that we did with Billy Carson. But, um, but yeah, a lot of that new music. Um, I want to take my music to the next level. So even with, you know, my thing is um, I like to create themes and worlds and create um, real conceptual albums and, and really embody it. So even right now in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking about making the album more like a time, you know, maybe calling it the time machine or something like that. I'm not too sure, but I want to go through all the time periods to actually show the true range of artists. I want to go to the 1920s. I want to go to the year 4000. I want to go to the 80s. I want to really just, you know, in my mind, give my version of what music might sound like 10,000 years from now. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of that, man. Just a lot of um, experiment right now. Yeah. I love that. Oh, it's, it's amazing to me that how art and music can just be so timeless sometimes where you, it just can transport you to a whole yeah. other place, space and dimension. Absolutely. Why, why do you think it's challenging for some individuals, you know, cause there's, there's people out there, you know, they just don't like music, which I, I, can't wrap my head around because I love it so much, but I get it. There's people out there, but why do you think it's so challenging for people to be open to certain sounds or vibrations or even styles of music? Well, you know, sometimes it's just um, a matter of location or it's a vibe. Cause sometimes when we think about the songs that we do like, or the, um, or the, the moments that we fell in love with them, it was a vibe. You might've been outside and heard it play or might've been in the backseat riding home with someone else and they happen to play this particular jam and it's just a, it's a memory. So I think um, it's no particular way because it's so much music for anyone to be locked into a particular category. I think um, it's just like um, humans are made. It's all variations based on all these different scenarios analytics and different things like that but i think um um if people were more exposed me personally i was exposed luckily i was you know i came up in a time where music was a little bit more cherished and people had collections and record stores existed so um so i always try to hold on to that you know and that's typically what i am you know i don't even look at myself like a 
a rapper. I'm not really a rapper. I'm just like a, I'm an artist. I'm like, I'm a Chuck Berry. I'm a James Brown. I'm a Jimi Hendrix. You know, to me, I'm one of them. I'm a, just a character. And, you know, I got my own style. I might do more rhyming and rapping, but at the same token, I look at myself as an artist. So um, I think everybody just, you know, is on their own path. And that's the beautiful thing about it. And um, and some of the artists that's not out there, we all got to do our part to make sure we produce the art and make it exist. And um, and not just go along with what's going on. Really make the art that's in your heart. Because I think we will have a, a true, um, genuine landscape if everybody can kind of, as artists, really make because we can only imagine the stuff that didn't get made that should have been made you know donnie you bring up such an amazing point just being authentic right we're the only version of ourselves right now that we know of why yeah. why would we try and just carbon copy something else when we have our own voice and our own sound yeah nobody can beat you at being you you know <laughs> you could be the master of your world and I think you're the coolest when you when you being you, you know. And I think sometimes, but we gotta romanticize that. And, and that's the problem with um what's going on now. There's not many role models because there's a lot of following and it's not a lot of teaching, you know. Great point. We, yeah, we're looking for, you know, even with me, sometimes I would looking, I was always looking for the elders and the wise men, or and we and sometimes in this world we're so busy, everyone's so busy, so you know, it's, it's hard to be a good uncle, a, a good grandfather, you know, father, you know, all these different things, you know, get lost in the, the rat race. So I think if we can get back to the times and, and actually teach a little bit, and if the younger ones coming up could be interested enough to listen, then some of that game could be passed down and not lost. Mm. Absolutely. Obviously, growing up, we've seen so much change technologically. Um, do you think sometimes with the advancements of these wonderful technological advancements, do you feel like it's somehow stifled some creativity or maybe stifled some growth? Absolutely. We're, I mean, we, we have a hundred times more than what the Beatles have in our phone. <laughs> we have a a hundred times more than what Walt Disney had on our phone. So when you think about this technology, and you know, I could just think about it just for like Pro Tools or something. I got millions of plugins. I probably only used four or five of the same plugins and EQs and compressors and things like that. But it's a million other ones that that exist. And, you know, but I think it's just too much technology now. It's, you know, it's to the point now where it's like it could be exhausting to try to even think about it because every second is something new. You don't even get a chance to to keep that version of it. Oh, next thing you know, it's an update. Oh, version 4.5, 5.6. You know, it just even me trying to keep up with the animation and technology is constantly changing. I mean, you know, but then sometimes you just got to get to a point and be like, all right, I, I got what I have right now. Let me learn this to the fullest before I keep moving on. Because I keep updating. I keep getting the newest version of the software. And I don't even use all the new features. I don't even know why. <laughs> I don't even know why I updated it. But, um, but yeah, man, I think we got a lot of technology. But I, I think eventually, you know, maybe it's just the universe is making us 
ramped this thing up and it's setting it up for the people that's going to be here a hundred years from now because their minds will be able to process and go through these catalogs of options and, and be able to you know really understand what's not being used and what's being used to be able to use it in a better way than we are so i always i'm always hopeful for the future i'm not a you know a, a gloomy thought process about the technology because i think it's cool we just got to recognize it and use it and sometimes it's a playing field for the creative because that's how i feel sometimes i'll be like well I be in this world by myself. Everyone don't want to use these ideas. But, and that's why I try to do these bizarre titles and names. And because I, sometimes I'm in, it's like I see all these ideas. I can go into the room of unused ideas and I always go in there. And there's not many people in there. I go in there and steal ideas. Okay, these are millions of unused ideas. And um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a balance, man. You know, we got to really, um, if we can at least be conscious of that it exists. So many people are not even conscious of the technology or, or what's available. So if you, if you can be kind of tapped into what's going on, I think you can at least pull out a good 2% of it. <laughs> I think you'd be doing good to get at least 2-3% of it. <laughs> not bad. 2% is yeah. a good, good average yeah. there. <laughs> Did, was there ever a point in, in your journey uh, up till now where maybe you didn't have a process to access ideas and maybe now you're able to maybe do something. I'm like, for example, like, you know, some people it's meditation, some people it's, you know, could be, I don't know, ayahuasca. It could be anything for somebody, but is there something that's ever changed in your process that like was a turning point for you that just really helped really help your creativity blossom? Yeah, yeah, it was it was putting my ego to the side because you know me prior to you know getting the the little recognition that I do have now, I, I went through many um, modes and songs and ideas trying to find myself, and but it was you know when I when I got with Billy Carson, it was kind of like let me put my ego to the side and let me try something different and let me um, really be my genuine self. Cause sometimes we're, we're kind of mimicking what's going on and, and it's hard to really break that spell. It's hard, but when you break it and then you're confident to break that spell and be like, no, I want to be what I want to be. I'm going to go on stage with a gold cloak. I'm going to go on stage with these light up glasses. You know, it, it, it's a, you got to be brave for those kind of things because it's not the normal and you're going against the grain and you're going against what all your friends would think was cool or family would think is cool. Nobody understood me. And, you know, I think a lot of my family friends still don't understand me as an artist because sometimes people will see bits and pieces of your journey. You know, it might be when you're yeah, your documentary finally come out on Netflix. They'll they'll get to you know really watch the journey and be like, okay, wow, I didn't know, I didn't realize you know it was a journey going on. So um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a big part to um, just open your heart, man, and remain childlike. Keep your cup empty because mm. if you got if you got an empty cup, you can fill it. If it, not, be don't be so mature and don't be so. I think we get caught up in trying to be too mature. And I, I always want to remain childlike, you know, because that's the curiosity. And that and that's the magic of music. If I'm in studio with people, I, I love the childlike mind to explore and be like, yo, we about to have, 
you know, you you got to be childlike to to do that to to get up in the morning and say, okay, well, we're gonna go to this location and shoot and film. You know, a lot of mature-minded people. No, I'm not gonna do that today. I got other stuff to do that's important. You know, so it's like going looking at the moon or pulling out the telescope tonight. So I think that's the the one key I learned to hold on to and say, hey, man, no matter what, I don't care who around me don't wanna have fun with this and and, and explore because i come from a lot of artists you know but usually i will be um the only one to go on my path alone you know and i early in my my career you know i thought everybody would go on this path with me of exploration and music and wanting to be an artist and selfishly put this art out here but sometimes you got to do that on your own so you know when you when you when you learn that those are the keys and things that get you through the doors man hundred <laughs> percent. Why do you think it's so challenging for some people to first even recognize the negative ego and then to then next kind of try and get rid of it and try and live without that ego? Yeah. I mean, the, the ego is a silent killer, you know, sometimes, um, you know, you got to really, humble yourself man you know and and at the same token everything is not for everybody and that's the one thing i realized this mm-hmm. it's not for everybody and and that's another version of breaking yourself ego to to not put your image on other people or you know because in my mind i you know i would see the beauty in other people i would try to build them i could see a vision i'm like hey you could be this you can be this i see it but, you know, everybody's not going to see that in themselves or had the confidence to go through it. So sometimes it's just you looking at yourself in the mirror of them. And sometimes, you know, I will give my own myself my own advice or give the advice I will give to someone else to myself. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's just putting the ego to the side, man. And, uh, and just realizing, you know, we can ponder about what everybody should do. But I think those are the clues on what you should be doing. So sometimes when you see something, you'd be like, okay. And that's how um, inventions are made or that's how people have good ideas because they see something that the other person didn't see. And you might have saw it for somebody else. And I usually, sometimes I used to always wait for them to do it. And then I got to a point, no, I'm going, it's, that was meant for me. <laughs> that was meant for me to do that. And, it, and uh, you can always tell them and give them a clue, but they got to really want to do that themselves to you know whether it be a good choice of music good choice of personality um good vibration you know you can show them the water but you can't make them drink it so yeah man 100 percent couldn't agree more on that one too uh <laughs> it's it's fascinating how sometimes we can just get so caught up in thinking we know what's best for someone else sometimes yeah. and yeah. you're right sometimes that's for us you know we're seeing a reflection yeah, it's, it's a straight reflection and it's a beautiful thing where you can realize that and use it and be like, wow, because a lot of things, you know, things I would do on stage and different things I, 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 I saw like, it's like me, you know, being Stan Lee and I'm making characters and Spider-Man. I'll be like, oh, Spider-Man, you can do the web style. And, Man, pull out the web and you wait for him to pull out the web. He's like, oh, I mean, no, that's my, it's really my idea. I, you know, why won't I use it? <laughs> so, you know, but I, but I love to build people up naturally. That that's my personality is to build people up and, um, 
inspire people because I know that's important. You know, a lot of times people won't do that. Like, you know, a lot of people didn't do it for me. You know, a lot of people would, you know, they if they don't understand and if they can't see it in themselves. So you got to have, um, you know, you got to be humble enough to know that, you know, nobody owes you nothing. And it really you got to you got to set the trend of how to be and, and really show people how to be because sometimes sometimes people never seen it to be like that. So maybe we can kind of, you know, get a trickle effect if we can say, Hey man, let me build somebody up. If I, if they got an idea, I'm the perfect person to tell you how you did too. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to give you all kind of good feedback and energy to give you the confidence to get that idea done, man. But, um, and sometimes that's our job, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes just to be a set of ears, set of yeah. shoulders, you know, just be that support. Absolutely. I love that. And sometimes I, I you know, I, I went on my younger years, you know, I, I used to always bum me out that some people were so competitive about things. And I, I wasn't that kind of person. I was always about trying to help out either other musicians, artists and whatnot. And how, how did you deal with that early on? Like what, what were, what was your process like? Well, my process was um, just to remain a student, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, I'm very confident, you know, I'm like a Leo energy, but at the same token, I'm very humble and I could be a team player. I could be, I can walk behind you. I don't have to leave. So a lot of times I would just learn through other people mm. and, um, and not really, you know, I'm not, I'm never in competition with people, you know, sometimes people will be in competition with you, but, but the way I look at this world is, is, is deeper than our human mind. So some of these things are meant to happen. Some of these tricks on our mind, even on our own mind, was meant to happen. Sometimes, like even with me, I feel like I had to rap five times better than the average rapper just to be accepted as normal. You know, and, and maybe that's what made me good. Because if I do some regular stuff, and you know, so it was like a, a hunger and a fire to keep building up. You like this? You like this? You like this? You know what I'm saying? And I would make the biggest and biggest adventures until you have no choice but say, okay, yeah, I see you. <laughs> I see you now, you know. And so, um, but that's could, that could be a magical way the universe makes you who you are. And it's really not real. It's just like if you felt like nobody cared about your music. That ain't really coming from them. That's, that's an illusion to make you work faster and make you work harder. So I really look at those things or like, magical gifts and and you will appreciate them I, I appreciate the universe and the community community making me work harder you know i used to do little videos and i take them to my homeboys little green screen videos and they be, ah that's all right that's not it that's not it and now i'm grateful for those things because i wouldn't have got to this level without them so you gotta look at this thing a little bit more differently than a personal way and really look at it like a the universe is talking to you. And once you tap into that, you can realize like the universe can jump into anybody. And, and it's an illusion. It's, you know, it's, it's really an illusion. If you, Oh, they don't like my music or they don't like me. They, that's all an illusion. That, those are your blueprints to say, Hey, you need to work on this. All right. Work harder in this area. Would we'll do more, do something better work harder and um and eventually you'll get there if you can stay on the path and listen and hear it opposed to fight it and get into a you know a bad 
negative vibe about these things and take things personal. And I really feel like um, I appreciate I wouldn't change nothing because if one thing was changed in my trajectory to get here, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> you know, it was things I wanted that I didn't get. It was places I wanted to go. I couldn't go. It was doors I knocked on that didn't open up. So yeah, if those doors would have opened up, I, I would have probably just leveled off it there. But the fact that it made me work harder for it, I reached harder. And I, you know, I wanted to shoot past the stars, man. Right on. And do you think for you, uh, do you feel that that's your higher self saying, no, we're, we're here. We're here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's your higher self messing with your mind, playing tricks on you, making you, you know, feel like you got to work harder. And those are the beautiful gifts. I mm. mean, you got you to gotta appreciate that. You got to appreciate the a real world, you know, not a comforting. A, you can't get there with a comforting world and everybody's comforting you and uh, making you level off at that level. Yeah, you're perfect. Yeah, that's the that's it, because that that won't get you there. It's going to be a lot of that friction that gets you there, man. I'm glad you said that because you know, I, I bring up sometimes to, to individuals, you know, I talk about just like an acorn falling from a tree. It's got to hit that ground. It's got to get covered up with dirt, maybe have all the right ingredients, maybe the right elements. It's got to survive it if it even just germinates and then it's got to grow. But everybody just yeah. sees the big old tree. Yeah, it, it was a whole process. <laughs> it was <a> process. <laughs> It was a whole movie before the tree. <laughs> right. <laughs> Perfect segue. I, you know, have you always been a comic book fan? Yeah, I was always a comic book fan. I never read them as much, but I, I would see my uncle and my, you know, my brothers and all the, you know, because I was still young in that area when the 80s came up when the comic books were really booming. But where I come from, we did have a comic book store. So I will always be into the pictures opposed to the dialogue you know I, mm -hmm. I would look through all the comic books you know because we had nothing but collections throughout my house and i would look at the pictures more than the dialogue i really helped you know i really didn't read them as you know as a story i would look at it just i just trip off the pictures but i do remember going into old school comic book stores and really walking around there and it was just the coolest place you can ever be outside the arcade man mm. but um yeah. <laughs> any favorite characters um, I was always into um, one of my favorite characters was always like Galactus, um, <laughs> Silver Surfer, you know, some of the some of the bizarre ones and uh, different ones. But, you know, I, I for some reason, it was always something about Galactus. You know, I, I would always put him in my raps and say his name and different things. And uh, but yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was into it all, man. Right on. And so how did it come to be, if you wouldn't mind sharing with some folks, how did it come to be? Uh, I mean, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but if you want to let the cat out of the bag, you were in an awesome movie. And how did that come to be, man? Yeah, yeah. That movie was um, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, man. And uh, it was just um, a, a lucky situation, man. You know, really, they were doing auditions for extras at the time. And I'm um, here in Atlanta. So, I mean, you're talking over 3,000 people. I, I stood in the line and um, and I actually really heard about it. Somebody, you know, I was working at a place back then and I had a coworker that was actually uh, talking about it. And I saw, he, you know, he like had a flyer or something about it. And I was like, well, you know, let, let, let me go too, man. You know, he said he was going to give me the information. He never gave me the information. 
Yeah, yeah. So I literally had to look it up with myself and figure out what audition was at. And you know, and and after all, you know, he didn't even make it to the audition. So I saw somebody else looking at the audition. So it was weird how the universe would work. You know, I just saw it from somebody else and somebody else who wouldn't even give me the information. I had to go look for the information, went down there and stood maybe about four or five hours in the line just to be extra. Just something just told me to go down there. I was down there by myself. And uh, and then after that process, I got picked to come back and do a tryout for the extra. And then once I got there, um, they said, uh, well, we think you can do um, a different world and be one of the Ravengers. So it was a whole 30 people out of those 5,000 kind of took over to kind of compete to be a Ravager. So they kind of put us in a little two-week school. It, it was like, if, if it was a TV show, it would have been the best TV show ever. But it was the, the best training. You know, I mean, we're in there with James Gunn. We're in there. And, uh, and so out of those 30, they had to pick like 10 or 12 Ravagers. So it was a just a whole process. And then, you know, before you know it, they actually uh, made me one of the Ravagers. And uh, gave me a costume, gave me a character. So, I, you know, I went there to be an extra and ended up being one of the gang members. <laughs> but it was cool, man. A beautiful experience, man. i never seen anything like this. I never saw production. You really get to see a multi-million dollar production, you know. And it was in uh, Pinewood Studios here in Georgia. So Pinewood Studios, is, they have one in Europe, they have one in Asia, and they have uh, one here in North America. And this is the is bigger than Hollywood. I mean, this is the biggest studio that we have here, you know, in, in America. And um the biggest sets you can ever imagine. Uh, it was it was just the best experience ever. You know, I was I was a little depressed when it was over because it was <laughs> it was so cool, man. And it was so cool to just um hang out with them and um and see how the celebrities are treated because uh, come lunchtime, a whole carnival would pull up to feed the celebrities. So you, we'll walk outside, and it's a whole carnival. People out there cooking steaks, making food. It's all these fresh-made cakes. And I'm just like, wow, this is how the celebrities really live. And uh, <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't have many uh, big parts in there, but I did um, three scenes. And I did, um, um, I had a few little guest spots in there. But it, it was a beautiful experience, man, all the way around. Man, it must have been so awesome to because I love productions. I love the amount of people that work behind the scenes that make things work. And I think most audience members just take for granted and don't realize how much work goes into it. Absolutely. I, I saw them change the forest. Like we we had one scene it was an indoor forest, real trees. So I mean the, the production was so big, they had construction workers in there. And each day we came back, the forest was changed to look like a different part of the forest. So like I mean, they really moved trees around overnight. So we'll come back and the trees is all in a different arrangement. But uh, but yeah, man, just to see how it worked, man, is in there watching James Gunn and uh, we did a scene. It was like a snow futuristic scene. They had uh, robot strippers in there and it's, it, it was just next level. And it, just to see Sylvester Stallone. Um, I mean, I'm just and he was the coolest ever. I mean, you know, I like spent hours with him. Just we just sitting there doing the same scenes over and over. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that's sly right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever imagine 
in all of your life, growing up in the 80s as an 80s kid, watching all the Stallone movies, did you ever, ever think for one second that that was going to be a thing? Absolutely not, man. You know, I, I think and the fact that I'm into the space and futuristic worlds, the fact that I got into those, that movie, because I feel like I should live in that universe somewhere. You know, maybe one day I, I can play my own character in that universe with Marvel Universe, and maybe I will. But, um, you know, I just feel like it couldn't be um, a better movie than that one. I mean, you know, I, Captain America movie, I, that would have been cool. But I think Donnie Arcade belongs to the Guardians of the Galaxy universe. And um, that that was just, you know, the best place to be, man. That, it's, it's your universe. They were just making a movie about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, and, and had you uh, done any acting previous to this? Yeah, I did a little small acting, a couple um, independent films, and, and I'm always acting in my music videos, different right. things like that. But um, but yeah, I did a lot of acting in school as well. I, I was in theater. Uh, we did plays. So we did all these theatrics, and, and, and eventually we will always incorporate me rapping. So we did um, Wild Wild West plays. And I, I remember us being at the table, hats down, and the, the curtain to come up, and we'd do a Western rap. And so, you know, throughout my, my high school years was very into theater. That was like one of my favorite classes to be in. It was a lot of just a cool experience. I wish I could, you know, I could have appreciated it more at, at the time. You know, and I, I try to, you know, I really, you know, I, I involved myself and I, you know, participated. But, you know, me just looking back, I said, wow, we really had access to a stage and all these different people to put on plays and different things like that, man. I wish I had some footage from those days, man. Mm. Right. What are maybe some new things, some new ventures, maybe some some goals that you have in mind? Like, what's what's Donnie Arcade feeling like coming down? What's happening? What are you making? Well, I'm always looking for um, the new delivery, you know. So, we, you know, on the music side, I'm always looking for the new delivery system. Um, you know, we went from cassettes to records, CDs, music videos. At one point in time, the music video didn't exist. So I'm always in my mind thinking about well, what would be the new delivery system of music and and so I, i'm into that and i love what i'm i even love what kanye's doing with the stem player because i think that's taking us into the next level of control and music and i think once people know they're making it for a stem player we can people will make multi-dimensional albums in different layers with different variations but um but so even right now i'm mixing um the animation in the in the music video in a different way so animation video game music video so in my mind i want to do simulations where it's not like a video game you're going to collect stuff or you're going a whole open world but imagine for each song we can do a simulation you know where you can at least move around within it's like a new a container for music it's like mm -hmm. a box so, and we can make anything you know to say if it was a cool summer kind of song you know you can go in there and skateboard while the, while the song is playing or whatever the case may be it's a smaller simulation it's not a full video game but i think that would be um perfect uh for music to make simulations mm -hmm. and you know especially with technology i think soon i mean i'm heavy into the 360 technology so i've been doing a lot of um 360 um animation music videos but i want to do movies like that so i want to do movies in different shapes and colors 
uh, multiple screen movies. So my mind is thinking about the next um, creative delivery systems because you know everything still looks like the '90s right now. Every we, it's, it's you know it's about to be the year 2023. So I think um, everything should start looking like it uh, when it comes to expression and art. So yeah, a lot of that. I want to. I'm getting to the the metaverse, NFTs a little bit, um, even video games. But uh, number one is is really um, animation and filmmaking. You know, I really want to work myself up to um, Pixar level of creation because I have all these movies in my mind that need to exist, and I know I'm the only one can make them. I got a hip hop movie, and I really can't say too much about it. But this would be the best fantasy hip hop movie you ever seen, because even with hip hop movies, a lot of them just go with one genre. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a hardcore. It's a shoot 'em up. It's a horror, or it's a. I'm gonna tell my life story, but I want to take hip hop, you know, artists that make movies to make. You know, I want to. If I'm gonna make a movie, I want to make it in a fantasy sense, mm-hmm. and I, I really think that's the realm that. Uh, many artists don't go to, you know, they make their life story, they recreate that. But I have a, a the best movie ever, and, and off the air one day I'll tell you about it. But um, when when it, I was born to make this movie, man. So yeah, movies, animation, even clothing and different things like that, because I picture everything. I, in my heart, I'm an artist, natural artist, and um, the way I see the world is totally upside down and diagonal <laughs> so you know I, you know it's like um with all these ideas it's totally against the grain and i and i, I want to see a whole new version i want to see different colors i want to see different shapes i'm tired of the the horizontal movie i'm tired of you know i want to do vertical movies split screen movies movies from two different point of views and i think once we can get into that uh, you know, I might do a movie where you don't even show the face the whole time. No characters show the face. <laughs> so it's just ideas, man. I'm a, I'm a wealth of ideas, man. So a lot of that is on the way, man. I love that. I think it's great. And I, I love how just you are just this open heart and this open mind and just like this conduit for creativity. So I, <laughs> I truly appreciate that. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Where can folks find you on the internet, my friend? Yes, yeah, Donnie, D-O-N-N-Y-R-K, like the video game, A-R-C-A-D-E, all platforms. Um, my newest album is Return of Thoth, um, just came out last February, available on all platforms, new album on the way. Uh, but yeah, all platforms, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you listen to music at. And um, please follow me on Instagram, you know, I follow back, um, give me a shout out, you know. Hey, man, we, we all in this, in this together, man. So I'm just trying to connect with like minds. Absolutely. Oh, Donnie, I can't thank you enough for just your time, your space, your energy, just just for who you are and what you give to this world around you. Hey, man, thank you so much, man, to the deep, man. I really appreciate you. And much love to all your listeners. And uh, thank you for having me on, man. You know, we're going to have to do a part two to this, man. Yes, um, I would yeah, love yeah. to do that. <laughs> Please. Hey, let's make it happen, man. And there you have it. I absolutely enjoyed that conversation with Donnie. I can't thank you enough, Donnie, for taking the time and giving us your energy and your love and your space. I really enjoy how you blend that science fiction and ancient history into your music, into your art. I would implore all of you out there listening to check out Donnie's newest album, Return to Thoth. 
And you can find Donnie Arcade on all platforms at Donnie Arcade. If you're listening, please rate the episode. If you're watching this podcast, hit that like button and hit that notification bell so you can find out about the newest episodes that are coming out. Follow us on Instagram at itd.jcosta as well as on Twitter, itd underscore jcosta. Thank you all so much for joining us on this journey. Until next time, take care of one another and keep thinking for yourself. <laughs>